0: You're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast, the quirky little podcast from Maine. And now, your host, Down East Mike. Why, good morning everybody, this is Down East Mike, you're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast, coming to you several times a week uh, as the mood hits and the news events of the day dictate and all sorts of other influencing factors. This is a happy little podcast if you're a first-time listener. We only focus on rainbows and unicorns. It's a big bad world out there and we will ignore the bad news as long as we possibly can. Our disclaimer is some of this is whimsy, some of this is true, and the interpretation of it all is entirely up to you. Today is Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. In today's episode, we have a recap of Maine's horrible winter now so far in the distant past. There was a meat boycott in full swing on this day in 1973. We have the Maine mammal of the moment, a new song from Frank Norwood and so much more. Uh, Let's get right to uh, our word of the day is ruminant ruminant r-u-m-i-n-a-n-t and the definition of ruminant is an animal that chews the cud an herbivorous, even-toed hoofed mammal suborder of ruminacea and tylopoda wow it has a complex three or four chambered stomach. Now I think I could accomplish a lot more if I had a multi-chambered stomach, like three or four chambers. I could put like breakfast, lunch, and dinner and just kind of spread it around instead of all being in one. Anyway, all right. So the ruminant, uh, let's see, what else do we have on that? The ruminants also include uh, cattle, sheep, deer, goats, giraffes, camels, in llamas, in uh, a definition of ruminant is chewing a cud, being a mammal that is a ruminant of or relating to the characteristic of a mammal that is a ruminant, or also given to or engaged in contemplation, meditative, a ruminant relish. Some of our synonyms and antonyms for ruminant include broody, cognitive, Contemplative, meditative, melancholy, musing, pensive, reflective, or thoughtful. An adjective, unreflective. Some examples um, of ruminant. Naturally, Biles' representative cloven-hoofed ruminant is dressed in a leotard. Biles doesn't need a goat emoji to prove her dominance, though. And that's a quote from The Week. Well, how about from Fox News? The ruminant meat can carry disease-causing sickness and has been linked to outbreaks. Oh, some nasty words. Okay, uh, first came into uh, into print in the in year 1610 and at that time some of the other words that were just becoming popular were uh, birthplace, germinate, elephantine, Fireproof, Inlander, Missile, Master of Ceremonies, and Knight Templar. That is enough for us to think about. I think we can ruminate on it. Happy birthday today to Ted in Hollowell. Ted turns 45. He was a fireman for quite a while. Happy birthday to you, Ted. Joan of Saco, Maine, she turns 17 today. Joan is a great softball player, she hopes to play for the Maine black bears someday. Keep at it, Joan, you'll make it, we're sure. Our first story of the day is uh, relating to Maine's horrible winter. The snowfall was well below average this winter. The temperature swings uh, also ensured that it melted quickly. And scientists say this is very consistent with long-term climate change. Uh, the Portland area received about 44 inches of snow over the last 4 months, which is well below the average of 66. We got about 2 thirds of what we would normally get. Uh, if we looked at like January 31st, the temperature was about 7 degrees below zero in Portland main area. And then on February 23rd, it was 66 degrees. It broke the previous record of 61. It was a 70 degree swing. You have a quote here from a retiree from Wyndham. He says, it's been a horrible winter. We've had more freezing rain. Walking is more treacherous. Now, I can tell you, I can't think of too many winters in Maine that haven't been horrible, actually. Uh, he talks about battling the freezing rain while taking his dog for walks and said he'd take piles of fluffy snow any day compared to what he had this winter. Uh, this is a fellow that used to be, I guess, a postal carrier. And he, he recalls the fierce winds and the monster drifts that made the roads impassable way back in the blizzard uh, of 1982. Uh, So that was our winter. The average temperature in Portland uh, from December through March was 29 degrees, which is slightly above the historical average of 28 degrees. Uh, The cold came late. The warm-up came early. December was warmer than normal. January is a bit colder, but February and March were both warmer again. So these mild winters mean that Lyme disease can be more common because this warmer temperature will uh, allow more ticks to thrive. In southern Maine, the milder temperatures and lack of snowpack have led to an early migration of amphibians and the return of spring peepers. Uh, That's when the frogs and salamanders emerge from hibernation and they migrate to the rental pools it occurs around March 31st, a couple weeks earlier than normal. Um, so what we're looking at is, is a, I guess, a little bit of, of global warming, but you know, we'll see from one winter to the next how that goes. In this day in 1973, the meat boycott was in full swing. The housewives and farmers were in standoff. UPI reports that rebellious housewives cut sharply into meat sales in the fourth day of a nationwide boycott. The farmers fought back by holding their animals off the market, they just pulling them cows right off the market. Packing house workers were caught in the crossfire. Meat sales were reported off as much as 70% in some West Coast stores, and 20 to 30% in many cities across the nation but retail meat prices held firm, with few exceptions. An Ohio food chain said the price of beef was higher at some western, uh, Midwest yards, 25 cents to $1.50 lower at other markets. Now the boycott leaders had hoped for a delayed price drop at the retail level, as traditionally heavy late-week shopping days approached. The leader of the boycott in the Chicago area called for an extension of the protest through all of April. We want a 20% across-the-board rollback on food prices, Mrs. Ethel Rosen, chairman of the Women's War on Prices, said. Patrick Gorman, the international secretary-treasurer of the Amalgamated Meat Cutters and Butcher Workmen Union, Estimated the boycott has thrown 4,000 to 5,000 packing house workers out of work. Robert Miller, the head of the union packing company in Los Angeles, said retail sales were down by 70%. Big boy, meat boycott in 1973. Uh, from... Uh, Presque Isle, they're reporting this day in 1973. You're going to see the biggest egg shortage you ever saw due to feed costs, William Morgan predicted. Eggs are flying right up there too, insisted the president of the Delmarva Breeders Association of Delaware, it should be Delaware, and Virginia. You can sit right there and name anything you want to that has double itself costs in one year allowed the silver-haired cattle consultant. I want to be a silver-haired cattle consultant. Boy, does that invoke some imagery there, huh? He's an order buyer whose vernacular reflects years of buying and selling beef critters from cattlemen and uh, sales to the farmer. They're describing him as a veritable oracle on the beef boycott. So every beef boycott needs at least one oracle. That was 1973. Also on this day in 1973, at sears for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday only, you could buy a Ted Williams uh, little John boat for $188. You'd save $31. It's the Game Fisher 12. It's a Sears exclusive hull design, giving a smooth, stable ride even in rough water. And for the fisherman's convenience, there are rod storage grooves and beverage holders. Also, you could throw along with that a Ted Williams 7.5 horsepower outboard motor with reverse gear for $268, promising to get you to where the fish are fast. And the new engine shroud means a quiet engine. It's got a tilt lock to hold the engine up when not in use. It's a solid state ignition. It has forward, neutral, and reverse gear shift. Then you could also get the uh, painted John boat for $108. It's an 11-foot boat. Boy, that's cheap must have been plastic. Car tops easily or fits in the back of a station wagon. Not my Subaru It doesn't fit in the back of that. Uh, All right, so we'll we'll run right along here today. Let's uh, talk about our main mammal of the moment. It is a sheep, a domesticated animal, ovus eris. It's a species of domesticated ruminant, there's our word, cud-chewing mammal. It's raised for its meat, milk, and wool. Sheep milk? I didn't know that. The sheep is usually stockier than its uh, relative, the goat. Its horns, when present, are more divergent. It has scent glands in its face and hind feet, and the males lack the beards that goats have. Sheep usually have short tails. Um, Many New Englanders are not aware of the sheep boom that uh, transformed the region in the first half of the 19th century. Merino sheep were developed on the Iberian Peninsula. They have exceptionally soft wool. It was the uh, envy of the world. And to protect its corner on the market, Portugal forbade, forbade the uh, export of live merinos. When Napoleon conquered Portugal in the early 1800s, however, the embargo fell and the first 4,000 Merino sheep were imported to the state of Vermont. So at about this time, the power loom came into use, and these two events, between the import of the sheep and the power loom, they quickly made central New England the wool and textile capital of the world. So the region went from being about 30% cleared in 1810 to 80% deforested in 1840. There's a big reduction in the forest cover. And the sheep population in the New England exploded to about four million. So this boom, that started in Vermont, extended all the way to Maine, has transformed the landscape and the economy of the entire region. Much of the land at that time was set aside, uh, that re- the land that was set aside was uh, dedicated for the production of firewood. And inefficient fireplaces and wood stoves, uh, coupled with uh, little to no insulation, meant that the average farmhouse burned about 25 cords of wood every winter. The largest homes could burn about 70 cords of wood. So the sheep boom turned to bust in about 1840, overgrazing took its toll, resulted in widespread erosion, and then the railroads opened up new lands in the west. That began the exodus of farmers to places like Ohio. So from 1840, to 1850, Vermont lost about half its population. We get a little bit digressed from our sheep story, but the uh, sheep fever did leave its mark on the landscape. About 125,000 miles of woodland stone fencing was laid uh, as as an effort to uh, keep the sheep all penned in. So that's our main mammal of the moment, the sheep. Uh, We'll be back right after this with our weather forecast. Welcome to Maine, tourists. I bet you don't plan on spending your vacation working on a woodshed or putting on a roof on the garage and doing that unnecessary labor because you don't have to. You can call Carl's Country Carpentry, and and he and his team will come out and take care of whatever your project is. From decks to roofs to additions to bathrooms, whatever your plans are. They even do sheetrocking and painting and on a real slow week, they'll mow your lawn, too. You can sit back and drink lemonade and just enjoy a main summer, a real vacation, while Kyle's Country Carpentry takes care of everything you need with his friendly local crew in their dungarees. You can even watch them work. It's quite entertaining. Mention that Downey Spike sent you, and you might even get a discount. You might not, but it's worth a try. Kyle's Country Carpentry. Well, we thank our sponsor for that message, and here is our National Weather Service forecast for today, April 5th, Tuesday, 2022. For today, sunny with a high of 55, a great day to get out there and do some yard work. For tonight, partly cloudy at a lower 33. Uh, for Wednesday, again, a nice sunny day, mostly sunny, with a high of 52, And then as we get into Thursday and Friday, looks like some more rain moving into the area. And uh, it's shaping up to be a partly sunny weekend. So we have a couple of great days to look forward to here coming right up. Well, I thank you for listening to the podcast today. I'm Down East, Mike. Uh, Right up after this, uh, in just a second here, we'll, we'll give you a couple seconds of silence. And Frank Norwood's got a new song he wanted to play for you, he came up with over the weekend. So I thank you again, and until next time, I hope you and your loved ones enjoy a day full of grace, love, and kindness. We'll see you. The world is slowly ending Oh, I hope you'll be with me Sailing oh so gently On a sapphire blue sea We'll spend our nights together Beneath the moon and stars And at night we'll sit and wonder How we strayed so far from the grave I know you don't want a lecture, but there's power in the words. There's prayer and intention, and the truth will be revealed. Just focus on the outcome, let the negative fall away. You'll find yourself just thinking about again if you try